This is episode 304 of the AWS podcast, released on March 24th, 2019. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Leisha here with you. Great to have you back. And it is another update show, which of course means I'm joined by Nikki Klein, who's a senior technical evangelist here at AWS. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Hi, everyone. Glad to be back. We've got a big list of things to go through today, haven't we? So uh, shall we get cracking into it? Did you want to talk a bit about uh, databases? Yeah, let's get right into it. So in the topic of databases, DynamoDB added support for switching encryption keys. So previously you had to use the AWS-owned CMK, but now you can switch back and forth between the AWS-owned CMK or the AWS-managed CMK to encrypt your data. And then moving beyond that, Amazon Elasticache for Redis added support for Redis version 5.0.3 and the ability to change Redis command names. And then lastly, in the topic of databases, performance insights, I know we talked about this briefly in the last updates, but it is now generally available on Amazon RDS for SQL Server. So in the last update, we added insights for Postgres, MySQL, a bunch of others, and now it is available for SQL Server. Very cool. And if you've got uh, databases, you need to do analytics and a quick update for analytics. Amazon QuickSight now supports row-level security-enabled email reports and a whole bunch of new analytical capabilities. The row-level security is really useful because often you want to send a dashboard snapshot as emails to groups of readers, but maybe different people need access to different pieces of information. So you can now do that calculation and do that configuration really easily. You can also now add moving window aggregations on your charts and a whole bunch of other filters and other controls that are available to you now. So this makes it much more easy to manage, which is pretty nice. Moving on to compute. AWS Step Functions, which is a really useful tool to manage lots and lots of uh, serverless-type workload activity. Uh, It now adds tag-based permissions as well. So this means you can now control access based on tags using IAM policies. So this makes it really easy to control who has access to what. And one that I'm really excited about is AWS Parallel Cluster now supports creating Amazon FSx for Lustre file systems. So if you haven't heard of AWS Parallel Cluster before, you can't remember what it is, it lets you set up high-performance computing clusters really, really easily. It now automatically will set up a FSx for Lustre file system as well uh, or specify an existing one to use. And and this is really important. If you think about it, you're not going to create HPC without data. So, Nikki, I think this is probably a handy one to have. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, The last one in the category of compute is uh, the Amazon Linux pre-upgrade system. Assistant is now available. So if you're trying to migrate from Amazon Linux Ami to the new Amazon Linux 2, you can now use the pre-upgrade assistant to uh, migrate your instances. And we are keeping updates on that Amazon Linux Ami until June 30th, 2020. But I highly suggest that you upgrade to Amazon Linux 2. Yeah, that, that assistant mm-hmm. really helps that checking process. And it's also available on GitHub. So if you want to do more with it than it does, you, you could do that too, I guess. Absolutely. I'm sure you can submit pull requests as well. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk IoT. So AWS IoT Greengrass uh, version 1.8.0 is now available. And this has a bunch of really handy things. Probably the most notable one is the networking changes. You can now configure your IoT Greengrass device to send all messages over our old friend port 443. Uh, you can also do some other changes, uh, some other configurations, I should say, in terms of user and group IDs. You can control the way lambdas are handled, a whole bunch of lifecycle event improvements. But 
I think, uh, Nikki, that the, the networking one is probably the biggest one because before there were some default uh, ports you were sort of uh, required to use. And in a lot of environments, they lock pretty much everything down except 443. So this, this gives a lot more people more options. Agree. Yeah, the ability to use port 443 now uh, with Greengrass is, is great. Uh, moving on to customer engagement. So Amazon Connect made a nice UI UX enhancement. Um, so you can now add Lambda functions to contact flows straight in the UI through a dropdown. Previously, you would have to use the uh, AWS CLI to grant permissions to execute the Lambda from Amazon Connect. And then you had to go to the Lambda console to copy over the function ARN. Now you can do both using the, uh, the dropdowns made available in the UI. So easier uh, user experience. And the next one is uh, introducing new AWS Digital Customer Experience Competency Partner Solutions. So the AWS Digital Customer Experience Competency recognizes the APN or the AWS Partner Network and partners with solutions that basically allow organizations to leverage customer data and drive personalized and relevant message messaging that captures the attention of the customer and converts them into becoming a buyer. So now it supports all phases of the digital customer acquisition and retention lifecycle. Yeah, that user experience is really important. Now let's talk about it in the context of networking. And there'll be a couple of these uh, types of updates today. The new AWS Direct Connect console is something that's pretty exciting because it really uh, takes a lot of feedback from users. It's completely redesigned, new user interface, streamlined experience. Uh, it's really, really uh, powerful now and much more easy to use step-by-step. Uh, step. So it's available everywhere except for in the China region. And uh, there are also a bunch of developer tool changes. The first is that Amazon Credo 11 is now available as a release candidate. So we talked a bit about Credo. I think we'll do a special on Credo at some stage. But it's now available at, as a release candidate for the version 11. That was fast. Uh, the Amazon Credo 11 preview was available last week, and now it's a release candidate. Yeah, obviously it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of good, the AWS Amplify console now has support for instant CDS, CDN, I should say, cache invalidation. And this is this is super important. I think probably worth us to spend a minute on this, Nikki, because uh, when using CDNs, often you have to come up with a whole bunch of funky strategies to roll your changes out very, very quickly. And, and they've done some pretty nifty stuff to turn 15 to 20 minutes into nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. If you are, um, you know, hosting your single page application in S3 and you have CloudFront RCDN in front of it, you always have to invalidate your cache when you update the code in the S3 bucket. And sometimes that can take 15 to 20 minutes and uh, it could take a while to see your changes and see them live and make sure that you actually did things correctly. And now with uh, the Amplify console adding this kind of instant CDN cache and validation support, when you push your code, you can see your changes instantly. Oh, very nice, very nice. And another thing that's changed is AWS Code Commit now supports VPC endpoints. So if you need to run your application within a VPC, before you could connect to Code Commit from your VPC using an internet gateway or a VPN connection, now with VPC endpoints, as you probably remember, no public IP address is required. The traffic always stays on the Amazon network, which is very, very nifty. You can also now automate releases to the AWS serverless application repository using the AWS code pipeline. So this gives you a really nice way to just deploy straight through uh, all the way into the repository without having to do uh, any uh, interactions with the console or the AWS SDKs, etc. It's a great one of uh, our old favorite, the undifferentiated heavy lifting we like to get rid of. Yeah, especially if you are sharing your code in the serverless application repository, uh, AWS code pipeline just made it super easy to do that. Uh, moving to application integration, 
There is a brand new um, SNS console for Amazon SNS. A lot of UI updates I've noticed in this one, but uh, so it has a brand new user interfaces and it is also available in five new languages, German, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, and traditional Chinese, which is increasing the number of languages supported by the Amazon SNS console to 10. So that's awesome. So check out the brand new user interfaces. It's optimized for screens of all sizes and it makes um, management monitoring and configuration more accessible on a variety of devices. In the topic of game tech, uh, IAM roles are now available for Amazon Game Lift. So now you can utilize an IAM role you own to securely give Amazon Game Lift access to other services such as CloudWatch or DynamoDB, and you have more flexibility in how your game server actually connects to other AWS services. That's yeah, a very, very nice little but important change there. Moving on to media services, uh, AWS Elemental Media Live has had a bunch of updates, including support for encrypted HLS and VPC inputs. So this gives you some options in terms of what the data format is and where it comes from. It also now supports pausing channel delivery on a schedule. So you may choose to have some time-based rules in place. You can apply those now. And we've also simplified the sending of live streams to AWS Elemental Media Package as well. So again, instead of having to do endpoints and credentials, et cetera, you can now specify the media package as your media live output group, and it will automatically do all the configuration for you, which we like. We like automatic. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, management and governance have been a, a few good changes there. We'll, we'll, we'll share those ones, I think, Nikki. Systems Manager now supports on-prem instant management for large hybrid environments, which is great. So previously, you might have needed to open inbound ports or manage SSH keys or use Bastion hosts. Now you can actually use the interactive shell access within the systems manager to connect to your on-prem instances, which is an amazing improvement um, if you have a hybrid environment. And what's really interesting is that we've kind of moved from where the, the best practice used to be have a Bastion host, but then you would turn off the Bastion host when you weren't using it, which is pretty darn secure, to now where you don't even have to have a Bastion host. So you're not even having to right. patch or secure that that one either. I think that's an amazing uh, improvement, especially if you have a hybrid environment, just being able to access your on-prem instances and your in-cloud instances from one spot. So it's great. Yeah, it's very nice. One place. The cloud, uh, AWS CloudFormation actually released some updates uh, for some of our newer services. So for AWS RoboMaker and then also enhancement for API Gateway and then AWS RAM. And there's plenty of others. Um, so I highly suggest people check out AWS cloud formation updates that were recently made. There's also one for code build um, for a lot of our newest updates and our newest services so that you can now use cloud formation with those. Yeah. And also, also some classics like Elasticsearch and, and RDS as well. So again, it's always, it's customer feedback saying, Hey, we, we need this. And so we get the teams to do it kind of the way it should work. Yep. <laughs> and uh, a couple of uh, updates for AWS license manager. Uh, it now supports tracking licenses based on the number of instances and optimized CPU settings. So this is really useful to cater for two new scenarios. Uh, the number of instances one is useful for tracking licenses for software such as load balancers and firewalls, where it's sort of an instance-based license. The second one is, you may remember we have the optimized CPU capability, which lets you customize the number of vCPUs that are in use on an instance. So this is really useful when you're trying to tune the instance uh, capacity from a CPU perspective or a vCPU perspective to uh, optimize for license costs. So often having less uh, vCPUs means you pay less, but you may want the memory on the machine, etc. Uh, essentially what happens is that now license manager can now understand that and can track it accurately for you. 
super cool, super cool enhancement, especially if you are uh, using Windows licenses. Yeah, tracking licenses is hard. <laughs> we want to yeah. make it easier. And so we can now do it on-premises as well. Uh, so now you can uh, use it in, in that context too, can't you, Nikki? Yeah, a lot of enhancements for hybrid environments this week as well as some UI UX updates to a lot of our services. Yeah, makes it makes it very easy. And the, the nice thing is is that the AWS License Manager is offered at no additional charges and it's available in a lot of places including uh, US East North Virginia, US West Oregon, US East Ohio, Europe Ireland, Asia Pacific Tokyo, Singapore, Sydney, Europe Frankfurt, Asia Pacific Seoul, Mumbai, Europe London, just to name a few. So something to take a look at if your world involves tracking those licenses that have to be paid for at some point. <laughs> So we've covered a lot of services and feature updates today, but there's also a really exciting update about a very cool event that's going to be taking place that I know a lot of our listeners will be very keen to learn more about. And to do that, we've been joined by Emily Roberts, who's a Director of Marketing here at Amazon. And she is here to talk to us a little bit about the new ReMars event. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Emily. Thank you. Now, Emily, you probably have one of the coolest events to talk about. So give us a summary of what is Amazon ReMars? Yeah, ReMars is a new Amazon AI event uh, focused on machine learning, automation, robotics, and space. Uh, so the idea is to bring together business leaders and technical builders to learn, experience, and share how those four fields of study will shape the future. Very. What kind of sessions can developers look forward to? Yeah, so developers and business leaders can look forward to a range of sessions from AI best practices to learning how you can use AI to advance your businesses to hands-on sessions with services like AWS RoboMaker, SageMaker, Alexa. Uh, so everyone can ex expect to come and sort of be wowed and also to get hands-on with the technology. And is there an opportunity for people to to get involved, I guess, from a sponsorship perspective or a partnering perspective or even a speaking perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, registrations will go on sale on March 28th, which is coming up quickly. Uh, but we're absolutely looking for innovative companies in AI who want to showcase some of the work they're doing uh, either in person with things like hardware innovation or AI services that will help business leaders. Uh, so we are absolutely looking for sponsors uh, and speakers too. And speaking of speakers, can you can you give us a sneak peek of anyone that you that you have locked in so far? Yeah, absolutely. We have some really exciting speakers that have recently been announced. Uh, so our featured speakers will include Jeff Bezos, the CEO and founder of Amazon. Dave Limp, SVP, Amazon Devices and Services. Jeff Wilkie, the CEO of Worldwide Consumer. Uh, those are all uh, sort of our keynote speakers from the Amazon side. And then we have a number of leaders uh, from across the industry, including Kate Darling, a researcher from MIT Media Lab, including Aisha Evans, the CEO of Zooks, Ken Goldberg, William S. Floyd Jr., Distinguished Chair in Engineering from UC Berkeley, Daphne Kohler from Stanford and Incitro, Andrew Lowe from MIT School of Management, Andrew Ng, the founder and CEO of Landing AI, Coursera, and DeepLearning.ai, Naveen Rao, the SVP and GM of AI at Intel, and Mark Raver from Boston Dynamics. Wow, a lot of amazing speakers. I want to go. So where, where can uh, our listeners go to sign up when uh, tickets go on sale? 
Yep. Go to remars.amazon.com uh, and tickets go on sale at 6 a.m. Pacific time on March 28th. And which, which location is it at? Where is it? Because we have a, a global audience. Where do people book their tickets to fly to? <laughs> uh, yes, this is going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada uh, at the Aria Resort and Casino, June 4th through 7th, 2019. Fantastic. Well, this sounds like a topic uh, we'll have to dive into into more detail in a special episode in the future. What, what do you say? I'd love to. Excellent. Sounds well, really cool. I want to go. <laughs> you can be our on-the-spot reporter, Nikki. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can definitely do that. Sounds good. Emily, thanks so much for joining us on the show to give us a quick update on Remars. Thank Great. you, Emily. Thank you so much. And Nikki, thanks for helping me get through a, a, a pretty nifty bunch of, of updates here. And uh, you did point out before we started recording that I use a term that is not a global term. I say fortnight, uh, which in Australia means every two weeks. Uh, also, to the, the youngsters these days means a game they like to play and some weird dancing that I've seen. Uh, yes. but, but you're telling me I should be saying every two weeks. <laughs> Bi-weekly, every two weeks. Uh, yeah, for the uh, for the Americans listening, if you didn't know what a fortnight meant and you had to look it up like me, um, it means every two weeks. <laughs> so that's how frequently we're going to try and get these updates out. Usually, we're not we're not holding it as a as a as a hard and fast rule. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a, a solid guide. How's that sound? Yeah, and feel free to give us feedback if you want to see it more or less often. Yeah, good good call. And uh, where can people find you on uh, on Twitter? My Twitter is. Nikki, N-I-C-K-I underscore 23. Feel free to tweet back feedback about the podcast or Twitch or any of our digital channels. I'd be happy to hear it. Fantastic. And we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com. Uh, let us know what you think, what you'd like to see more of, less of, different, the same. We, we, like, we like to read it all. It really means a lot to, to get that feedback from the audience. Uh, Nikki, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me once again. It was always a pleasure. Likewise. And thanks everyone for listening. And until next time, keep on building.